HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following message has been brought to you by Fairway Market. What's the buzz about honey? Well, those busy little bees are up to something, and it is delicious. The Fairway label honey is superb. Fairway only hires worker bees that are the best at what they do. This makes for a great-tasting, high-quality honey at an amazing value with the Fairway stamp of approval. And on top of being delicious, honey is a great substitute for other sweeteners and can even benefit your health. This includes better energy, respiratory improvements, and balanced blood sugar levels. It's a no-brainer. Get your Fairway Honey today. Network.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Here today with Casey Kelball of Sideluck Pot Show. And we'll explain what that mashup means in a second. Uh, Casey, aside from being a fantastic photographer himself, has put together these potluck slash slideshow uh, events called Slideluck Pot Show, hence that mashup compound word. Um, starting in 2000? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, in your hometown of Seattle, in your backyard, and had a whole bunch of artist friends over. But what was the impetus? Like, why? Why? Well, it was. Uh, you know, I can't. I think it was born out of a little bit of frustration. I was at the beginning of my photo careers. Uh, yeah, as, as you said, a little over ten years ago, and uh, I felt like there was nowhere where people could come together and share their work and get feedback in a kind of congenial, non competitive, non-commercial way. Um, so I, I reached out to pretty much everyone I knew who was doing something creative, and it was a mixture of potters and painters and photographers, and um, it was a, r- a really diverse group. Uh, and we held the first slideshow slash potluck in my, my tiny little backyard um, with uh, an old Kodak projector, and basically people showed up and they loaded their slides uh, in 
to the tray. Um, and, you know, some of them were upside down, of course. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> amazing. But that was the sequence. That was the curation, you know. And we, you know, sometimes people would play music alongside of it. But it was a lot of dialogue and, 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 and conversation and questions. And it went really well. And everyone brought something good to eat. And so, you know, we said, why don't we try it again? So, you know, a few months later, we, we moved to a different part of town. And we did about... 20 shows around Seattle over those three years um, and it just it kind of took on a life of its own after a while we would uh, you know we would bring in a theme uh, so people would create work around an idea uh, and sometimes the uh, the potluck would also relate to that but um, the uh, so again it, it just started very organically and grew you know very much through word of mouth and uh, the interweb very cool actually we got a caller who do we have on the line Hey, it's Mike Lee how, from Studio Feast. How are you? Hello, Michael. How are you? We, we've asked a couple of uh, Casey's friends, collaborators, for an upcoming slideshow, which is actually happening this Saturday in Brooklyn, uh, to chat with us as well. So thanks for being on air with us. Casey's just given a little bit of the background quickly of Slide Luck itself, but then we're going to dive into it and really uh, mm-hmm. talk about you know the upcoming event. Um, awesome. So... Starting in Seattle, yeah. you moved to New York in 2004. Yep. How did um, you bring Slide Luck So, you know, when I, when I uh, initially, when I um, was, you know, kind of doing a little bit of uh, polling among creatives I knew, I, I just didn't get the impression that a, a potluck would go over very well here. I felt like everything was so consumer-oriented and kind of glossy and slick, and the idea of a potluck dinner seemed very Seattle to me, very West Coast. <laughs> Um, but uh, we did the first event in my East Village apartment, uh, which is still our office today, um, and it was just absolutely packed. 150 people there. There was just so much palpable thirst in the air for that kind of uh, authentic engagement. Um, and I, yeah, I got the feeling right away that there was a real need for for it in New York. And uh, we we then moved. Uh, you know, we took it around to Soho and then Chelsea and. With each event, you know, by the fourth or fifth event, we were getting up to a thousand people showing yeah. up. Um, so it's uh, it's sort of remained plateaued at that level and uh, fluctuates a little bit. But um, we've, you know, again, we've we're always kind of tweaking the model, uh, c- keeping true to the idea of you know creating a warm, authentic atmosphere where people can feel not, you know, so it's not a non-intimidating, non-like quote-unquote art scene yeah. um, kind of vibe because people are actually bringing food to the table you know they're yeah. they're getting their hands dirty they're putting down their grandmother's favorite uh you know cannoli recipe or something they've come up with that involves many different kinds of foam or whatever yeah. <laughs> um and uh and so um right now uh we're we, on on sunday we have this or excuse me saturday night um we have our 16th uh, sort of main stage Slide Luck Pacho in New York. Uh, it's part of the New York Photo Festival, um, which is a great uh, uh, series of events for the next... It starts it's about five days long, newyorkphotofestival.com. Uh, and it's sort of the main event for Saturday night. And we have... Um, uh, we're showing about 40 artists. Uh, the slideshow is curated by Whitney Johnson, who's the new director of photography for The New Yorker. Um, and the theme is upheaval. So a lot of the work that we're going to be showing is kind of centered around the idea of all of the uh, insane amount of change that is, is surrounding us right now, um, from 
you know, what's going on in politics to the Middle East to yeah. the climate. Um, so, so there's uh, that aspect of the slideshow and the potluck. Uh, we're bringing in. Um, we're doing our second annual um, beautiful, bountiful Brooklyn tasting hour, and we've selected a, a handful of what we think are really interesting organizations, supper clubs, restaurants, and purveyors to. Um, to present their wares and samples and, and you know, just engage people. It's for a, a smaller, um, I think we're going to limit it to about 100 uh, to 150 guests. Uh, um, and Mike Lee from Studio Feast was at the very top of our list. Um, so maybe he can tell yeah. you what he's up to. Actually, Mike, uh, you were involved in this amazing L train situation this last week, correct? Yeah, May 1st, we did a six-course lunch on the L train. Yeah. Mayday, mayday. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I, I saw the New York Times coverage, yeah. and uh, it must have been a shock to some of the other writers that weren't aware of what was about to happen. Yeah, we got a lot of good shots of the, the people kind of just being completely surprised. But, I mean, all all in all, I think everybody was pretty, um, they thought it was kind of whimsical and kind of cool. So uh, that's that's been pretty satisfying to see, put a how, smile on someone's face. So. I, um, how did you, I mean, how did it work? How did you, where did you, you started start at the <laughs> Brooklyn end? I didn't re- I get a chance to read the whole article. So. Yeah, so the idea came from uh, Razor Shiny Knife and Johnny Cigar, and we all came around and executed the menu and the uh, the physical delivery of the food. But basically, diners were told to show up at 8th Avenue and 14th Street. They actually had no idea it was going to be on the train. They were just sold a ticket um, that was refunded to them uh, for a nice Sunday lunch. Um, so then we loaded people up onto the L train headed towards Brooklyn, strapped in these custom-built tables that we built uh, that hung from the rungs. Um, and then at 6th Avenue, the first court showed up and then every four or five stops after that a new team would come on with brand new food so it wasn't like we packed on like a ton of food onto the next car and just kept on like picking it out of a cooler we actually synchronized it so all the courses were different stops and completely independent teams amazing brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant so what what can we expect of you uh at casey's little shindig <laughs> so Casey's little shindig. Um, it's probably, it's the first time that we're getting out and, and seeing people since the stunt. So um, we're doing an old favorite that we've been kind of uh, continuously improving on it. it just works well for things that are like a hundred or more people uh we're doing studio feast pork belly uh with mm. kanji and pickles so um that's always been a crowd pleaser uh and it'll, it'll be a nice day to kind of mingle and, and say hello to some people so uh, that's what we'll do in this saturday excellent um i've well i was at last year's uh, big brooklyn affair mm-hmm. and i've was actually participated i think in the fifth new york one or maybe yeah uh, it was well, where was it uh, that was at um bathhouse studios yep. yeah, yeah a long long time ago definitely when i first came to the city uh also looking for a community uh of all those terms you described mm-hmm. you know congenial and non-commercial mm-hmm. uh found that fit right away with uh, the slide luck pot show and have been to many of events uh, mm-hmm. there with um what's so cool about it aside from the excellent food and uh, awe-inspiring photography is having people like you know mike and other collaborators come in and extend this community it, because it's it's also about you know networking and i don't mean like you know rubbing elbows business networking yeah. about like truly and wholeheartedly caring about your community networking yep and yeah. uh, and there's been a lot i mean there's so many examples of relationships and marriages and babies that have come out of it i mean um 
you know, a lot of artists have found themselves representation. A lot of galleries have come and found artists for, you know, their rosters. Um, and I feel like it's... Uh, but then there's also just the genuine, you know, just meeting interesting people that you then connect with and meet up again with at another show in London or Paris. or You know, it's... Uh, the community kind of extends beyond the, the event itself cause as we've created this uh, online kind of global... Um, Network uh, Um and then through Facebook and social media. Um, so there's definitely like a, you know, something that happens beyond the sort of hectic yeah. nature of the event. Well, I want to ask Mike uh, about the the pork belly and konji. I mean, it's obviously specific. Uh, it's you know, konji comes from a certain ethnicity. Um, yeah. Why did you choose that? Does it reflect you inherently, or is it just tasty? Yeah, so um, the the pork belly is actually done in a Japanese style. It's kakuni. Um, it's a pork belly that takes about 13, 14 hours to do, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a two-day preparation. Um, and that kind of reflects the fact that I'm, I'm obsessed with Japanese food and Japanese culture, despite being a Chinese person. Mm-hmm. Um, the kanji is... Is the is the Chinese end of it too? Um, I think my parents are a little upset that I've been to Japan. I've never been to China actually, um, but um, that's kind of like the the thing that I married to. We used to do it a lot with grits um, because uh, it, it just it's so rich and fatty, and, and grits are kind of just like the perfect vehicle for that. Yeah. So um, we're mixing it up and doing it with kanji, which is similar. You know, kanji usually you get you know pork in there that's you know kind of salted and flavorful. So uh, that's really the impetus for the dish. Yeah. Mm. Because, you know, uh, Casey might be slightly modest about this, but um, Sidelock Pot Show has been around the world. Aye, aye, aye. You know, uh, Sao Paulo, San Francisco, Stockholm, amongst mm-hmm. other places. And you must get a whole bunch of, you know, regional cuisine. Yeah, we're, I mean, that's one of the joys of it is to get get in there and sample what's uh, what people are making, you know, not in the restaurants, but in their homes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wish I had more examples at the top of my head, but my favorite, like, kind of moment and I've um, was in Sevilla, Spain, uh, when these uh, brothers from uh, Extremadura, which is, Extremadura, which is a, I think it's one of the top, you know, states for production of jamon um, because of the, the nuts that grow, um, that the pigs then yeah. feed on. Um, so they brought a leg of hamon and, and put it up on a stand and, and you know made you know kind of just sliced it for people as they came up, and the you know the way in which they presented it to me it was just so you could tell there was so much heart there yeah. and so much pride, and of course it was amazing. Um, but I just you know I love that um, being able to like tap into that in different places. Yeah. What what are, uh, other memorable dishes have you had along think. the way? I mean, just last week and in. in um, in Phoenix, Arizona, there was a fantastic potluck. Um, someone made a tart with cherry tomatoes and um, oh, what was the cheese? I don't know, but it was really delicate and and, and yeah. I don't know. It was just it was a a really beautiful dish. Um, let me think on that. Yeah. It's uh, it's overwhelming a little bit. It's, um, you know, because it, there's you know some you know people will roast a. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just going to say it's not a bad thing that you have so much great <laughs> food to think about that you can't, you know, yeah. think of, uh, you know, pinpoint one. But uh, aside from last year, 
where you broke the Guinness Book of World Record for largest potluck on Earth. <laughs> Is there another one for on aside from Earth, like not on Earth? <laughs> um, um, is there another uh, pot? What are you saying? Is there another Guinness Book of World Records that's for largest potluck not on Earth? Um, I do not. I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. We actually haven't. Um, you know, we're not out to break any more records. We're we're, we're uh, going to hopefully rest on our laurels for a little bit. Um, but uh, but who's to say that someone's you know not out there? Yeah, organizing the masses. Um, but yeah, that was quite a thrill. I have to say that was a real high point. I mean, it was such a collaborative effort. There was, I guess, 479 individual dishes uh, brought, and I, actually, there were more dishes that went uncounted because people didn't want to wait in line. <laughs> um, but uh, but regardless, that was, um, you know, it's just uh, you know, it's the kind of thing those books I used to look at when I was a little kid. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so aside I was happy from- to have been one of those dishes. Yeah. So. Congrats on pulling and, it off. And what did you bring last year? Was it uh I brought miso deviled eggs. See? Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, and people get <laughs> wicked creative. Yeah. You know, and people come to these things not just with, you know, a crappy casserole. Yeah. I mean, I bet you there are casseroles and they're pretty damn decent, but people really want to show up here and do something impressive because to pair with the potluck, I mean, the imagery you show yeah. is stunning. I mean, you've had <laughs> photographers like Chuck Close, Spencer Tunick, Gregory Crudson, yeah. uh, Elliot Erwitt, Navid mm-hmm. Condor. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, it definitely um, it, it, people are really bringing their A game in terms of uh, the photography. And this Saturday will be no exception. I mean, we're going to be honoring the uh, work of both Tim Hetherington and Chris Hondros, yeah. two uh, two of the best uh, conflict photographers of our generation who just passed away in Libya. Um, as well as Michael Christopher Brown, who was alongside them. Uh, he's also a Seattleite, and he is presenting his iPhone photos from Libya that show an unbelievable insight into what's going on there. Um, there's there, the work is going to be, <clears throat> you know, it's there's going to be it's there's going to be some heavy moments, um, but it's going to be very enriching, I think, and people will walk away with uh, a lot of uh, insight into different aspects of the the various forms of upheaval that are are facing us today. Yeah. But is that why you have the potluck before the slideshow, just so people get a foundation in their <laughs> belly? Right. Um, you know, it's funny. There's a few cities um, that we, we actually flip it, um, and those are all in Spain, um, because they're really not interested in eating at 7 p.m. <laughs> so, um, we, you know, we, we eat. Actually, we've played with it a little bit. We'll watch one half the slideshow, then eat some of the food, and then watch the other half the slideshow. And meanwhile, cigarettes are burning the whole time, so it's, like, yeah. smoky, and, you know, there's, like, it's a, it's a good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to come back, talk about more of the food and the photos involved in Slide Love Pot Show. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back.
service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune in to the main course Sundays at 12 p.m. with hosts Patrick Martins and Katie Kiefer. They examine issues from the interconnected worlds of agriculture, cuisine, and sustainability. They sit down with key players in the chain from producer to consumer, farmers, distributors, chefs, activists, and journalists. The main course explores every important component of the eating experience, how the farmers raise their product, the distribution channels that move the product, how the chefs prepare it, and how ethics and policy affect everyone involved. Again, that's the main course, Sundays, noon, on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with photographer Casey Kalbaugh and uh, director, founder of Slidelock Pot Show. Um, Actually, we have another caller right now, too. Is that Ben? Yes, it is. Hey, Ben. This hey is a ben. Casey had told me that you might give a holler. Uh, ben is part of the Highlands Dinner Club, and uh, Casey was also telling me you're an architect as well. So, wear many hats. <laughs> yes, uh, that's right. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, just wondering what your participation in this sun- uh, Saturday's. Uh, Actually, um, Ben, I-, I think you should have Ben talk a little bit about what he does because it's pretty okay, fascinating cool, yeah. but Ben has yeah. been um, very integral to a couple events we've done recently um, this specific event on Saturday is kind of focused on Brooklyn yeah, uh, and Brooklyn based uh, organizations and Ben is a Jersey boy <laughs> so, um, so he's <laughs> interstate I, rather than I would, interstate I would, yeah. I would totally be there this weekend uh, but I am I'm watching after my uh, my little girls because my wife's away on retreat but yeah. uh, yeah, it's it's been um, fantastic working with Casey on a couple of events, and I'm sure we'll do more of the same in the future. Tell us a little bit about the Highlands uh, Dinner Club. Well, uh, see if I can try to encapsulate it. I, I, it's about we're just about two years old now, and it started out just as a dinner party in in New York um, to celebrate completion of a design project. I did a, a kitchen and living area renovation for a close friend I grew up with who lives in South Harlem, um, and uh, it coincided with my father's move to New Jersey. I am a Jersey boy now, but I was actually grew up out in, in South Central Pennsylvania. I come from five generations of fruit farmers, so I have an ag. I got ag running through my, through my <laughs> veins. So my dad moved to New Jersey, got back into agriculture, and we came in. And this the, the apartment being a friend of mine I grew up with, my dad knows the guy, and, and we had this dinner party, and we built the whole, I built the menu and the meal out of uh, ingredients sourced primarily from the farm where my father is retail ops manager and and then and someone said let's start doing this every month we did and then it started to grow into a more experimental thing and then started to align in interesting ways with my architectural work and, and most significantly or initially with a, a project in nigeria i uh, traveled to in the fall of 09 to design to lead a design team designing a master plan for a, a fish farm in school so Oh, it's awesome. been slowly but surely sort of design and food and food systems and agriculture all kind of starting to converge for me. So yeah, an interesting, an interesting journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, hearing that it is such a similar environment to what Slide Luck Pot Show does. 
um, with with that, you know, community-based first, but also uh, localized is a word that keeps on coming up in discussions about the event and about the food being brought in, that you're really creating, you know, a foundation for that community, uh, which talks about food systems and, you know, interactions uh, that are cross-curricular from food to art to... You know, architecture. And it was just last yeah, week. It, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to talk about you. I was just going to say that, you're, that Slide Luck is an absolute inspiration to HDC in, in that Casey's been at this longer than I. And to see that was very inspirational in realizing that maybe this, this could build up more momentum and become something more interesting. So, yeah, the, using food and breaking bread, using the table as a catalyst and as a medium for creative interaction um, I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Tell us about the Ramp Fest that you didn't you just uh was that last weekend? Yeah, yeah, it was. That was last weekend it was uh um again this a lot of this connects back to my dad and the whole ag thing. My dad over the years had traveled to a number of uh, without me. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to make any of these trips with him, but to a lot of the Ramp festivals that ha- that happen every year for you know, I don't, in some cases, maybe centuries in some Appalachian states in the South, and said to me eventually, once I started finding ramps where I live in Northwest New Jersey, um, why doesn't New Jersey, which technically is an Appalachian state, have its own ramp fest? So we said, maybe we should create this. So um, it was on a local farm, Totten family farm near my house in the Highlands, and the, the young farmers there were thrilled to let us set up this dinner, and, and about 80 people came, probably 60 from New York, and it was just out in the woods by a pond next to an old uh, vegetable barn. So, uh, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Casey, have you ever done a setting like that? I know this Saturday's event is you know Saint Anne's Warehouse in Dumbo, but have you ever done slideshow in the woods? We're really working on it. Um, what, what we're hoping to do is launch in Vermont this summer. Um, I went to school up there, and I'll be up there in July for a bit doing some uh, photography work. And uh, we have a bunch of different, you know, loose. Uh, organizational people that we're trying to bring together and find a farm. I mean, there's you know possibilities of doing it in Burlington, but I'm I want to do it in a barn or on a in a field. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and really tap into the local produce. And um, there's an organization outstanding in the field. Yeah, you're familiar yeah. with them. Yeah. We're we're trying to find a way to sync up. They're super busy. They're on the road from this point on, basically following essentially the season, um, the growing season. Um, but uh, at some point, maybe in Vermont or somewhere else, uh, we'll make it happen. But yes, I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what other areas around the world, states, parks, are you looking to start up um, slide line? Well, you know, honestly, all of our growth has been uh, by invitation. Um, and and uh, so, you know, we may get, uh, like, I, I basically get an email every day from someone from, I got... Last week I got two emails from two different people in Dubai. Uh, yesterday was Cape Town, Pittsburgh, Singapore. Uh, what else is there? Um, uh, right now, what we're we're hoping to launch this year um, in in Australia, in uh, Perth, Sydney, and Adelaide, as well as Tel Aviv, um, possibly Istanbul. Tokyo was high on our list, but um, we think that's probably not the best time, though. Perhaps it. It is a good rebuilding uh, vehicle. So we're kind of just testing the water there. Um, And, of course, funding is a major, uh, you know, uh, factor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Themes. This being upheaval, uh, 
you do use themes as a driving force, though, to bring the community together. I mean, in such a interesting uh, world and environment we are right now, with things moving and changing, it's it's more than just a timely thing mm-hmm. um, for you to use these photographs as you know an impetus for whatever. It's just a moment to pause and look at. I mean, there's it's sort of head spinning to look at what's been going on over the last few years um, from, you know, our own political uh, system with the Tea Party to, uh, you know, and that, and that sort of backlash to the way technology is affecting relationships and families and um, to uh, some of the um, insane natural disasters that are happening, it seems like, every other week now. Yeah. Um, it's almost impossible. There's so much that we can't even include. I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? We, we had to pick and choose which level, you know, which <laughs> insane uh, circumstances to 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 include. But um, and, and Whitney Johnson was a pleasure to work with from New Yorker because yeah. she's really on the front lines dealing with uh, a lot of the um, you know as stuff comes in, um, and she had a lot of insight because she's very yeah. That's just sort of the world that she dwells in. You know, I wanted to tap on um, how people contribute, too, because I know you have these amazingly curated things, but Slide Luck Pot Show is also a network of people to meet other photographers, other creatives, other individuals. Uh, how do people contribute to Slide Luck uh, as both a presenter and um, potlucker? Well, every, uh, every event uh, combines an open call. Of, for submissions, of which there are many right now. We have shows coming up. Uh, actually, this the same night as New York, we have a, our fifth show in Barcelona. Uh, two weeks later, Seville, Spain. Uh, and then um, Amsterdam, Milan, through June, Amsterdam, Milan, Bucharest we're launching in, which is exciting. Uh, Amsterdam is a launch as well. Uh, and then our third show in London and our second show in Paris. Um, so... They pretty much every one of those shows is accepting work right now, and you don't necessarily. I mean, it's priorities given to the local artists, yeah. but if you have a body of work that you shot in France, you know, it, it makes sense to send send it along to Paris. the um, The website is slideluckpotshow.com, and you can see the list of uh, events upcoming. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty simple process. Yeah, I mean, how many cities worldwide? Are you in right now? Well, it's it's sort of complicated. I think we've done shows in over fifty cities, um, and there's shows sort of in the works in probably like twenty five or thirty at any given time. Um, but you know, there's a lot of lead time involved, so we, it's hard to get a, a, a firm yeah. number on that. And, and you know, the people that it's all volunteer runs. So the team in Chicago, for example, um, you know. One of the, the the main people just moved to the Bay Area. The other one just had a kid, and you know someone else uh, relocated to Ann Arbor, where uh, I ran into <laughs> yeah at to, Zingerman's during the holiday. Yeah, it's funny. I only see you in places where there's bound to be like really good f- food close at hand. La- last night at the James Beard Awards, yeah, I tend to and, put myself in those yeah, situations. You target rich, target rich environments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I kind of wanted to touch on. You know, you being a photographer, too, and going on assignments around the world as well, have there been places where you photographed and had the local cuisine and said, hmm, selfishly, we should have a slide luck pot show here because I'd like to experience more of that? Um, there's definitely been a lot of uh, synergy between my photo uh, business or career and slide luck pot show. Um, 
you know, it's helped. If if I can get a job, you know, I would find a, you know, I found a job in uh, Brazil or in Europe. I would use that as a way to get ourselves over there and then start to build out some shows around there. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of cuisine, I mean, I'm I like a lot. There's a lot of. Th- it's not that much I don't like. Yeah. So I think. Um, I, I am excited to get to Tel Aviv and to to tap into you know the what I'm always told is the best food in the world. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, there, there's um, you know there's often a link there. Well, you have no formal kitchen training, but you've been around food for most of your life. Yeah, but I mean, I you know I I, I simply like cooking. I like um, I don't have any training. I don't pretend to have any expertise but i you know I, I i cook three meals a day and i think i like it because i you know you can get exactly what you're looking for um you know oftentimes when i'm eating out i'm like oh that was too greasy or that had you know didn't have yeah. any flavor or that needed more rosemary or whatever um so it's nice to just be able to nail it yourself you know um so that that's a lot of the impetus behind it. Yeah, and you guys have been doing a lot of cooking at the SLPS headquarters too, documenting your lunches for how long now? Just since the fall, we were um, you know looking for ways to kind of engage the community a bit more through Facebook. So we started taking a picture of the lunch that we create pretty much every day. Yeah, um, and it, it you know it's supposed to be a casual iPhone uh, shot, <laughs> but because we're photographers, yeah. I mean it gets really ridiculous yeah um what did you make today i actually didn't get a chance to cook today because i was on uh, rushing yeah. over here but i think um rachel Sentue, who's our new intern and also very good cook made a kind of a egg scramble tortilla thing with the uh, you know spring onions and tomatoes and everything um and melted cheese and that was uh, she shared it with carly planker our producer who um they're both doing along with the rest of our team emily peters who's running our potluck and uh james turnley our webmaster they're all working hard on the show for saturday yeah oh, i thought you were gonna say working hard on eating that towards you <laughs> um but yeah we yeah we like to mix it up and try to just kind of like go with what's in the fridge and then you know as, as supplement it where needed but try to put something visually interesting yeah. on the table every day so you know this brooklyn bounty that you're having on saturday mm-hmm. uh, last year you had a couple chefs uh, involved in that do you try to have chefs involved or do you would you prefer having just you know your joe doe normal community I th- member i think it's really interesting to have a mix i think supper clubs like uh highlands dinner club yeah. are an essential part of it also purveyors you know people doing really specialized um we have the dp chutney collective involved yeah. danny macaroons um who else um yeah, just you know, people just working on tinkering with certain things. I mean, I know you do, Michael. You do a lot of uh, what you you do sourdoughs. You you're always oh, yeah, I, you, I, you brew beer as well, right? I've yeah. I've not done my first brew yet. I drink a lot of brewed beer. Uh huh. I have a kit included. at my house waiting to do uh-huh. my first batch. But yeah, but, but I feel like you're always pickling. I don't know. You're always experimenting with different. You know that that I. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's such a great forum coming to Slide Luck and almost use it as a testing ground as well exactly um because you get such great response and such you know uh you know creative people and ideas on how to improve how to change or if it's just perfect just keep it as is um michael actually sorry to take the yeah. heat off me um but uh 
Mike uh, curated our. We had our first fundraiser and auction in in November, and uh, Michael curated the whole food part and brought in a bunch of other, primarily supper clubs. Right? Is that right, Mike? Uh, yeah. And I was I was trying to remember what the menu was because it was pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, are you talking about the test dinner in the fall? Uh, no, I'm actually. Um, oh, sorry. Is that Ben? That was Ben. Mike, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, that was Ben. That was ben. me. I'm so sorry. My no. luck launch at Sandbox. Well, okay. First of all, the t- we get done with the test dinner too. That yeah. was unreal. Yeah. Um, that was a test dinner for the Michelin dinner, which is an- another really interesting story. I yeah. think in terms of upheaval in the food world, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so a bunch of supper clubs cooking for three star chefs. Yeah. For, to, <laughs> I, to, to, give them the background. It's yeah. Let, let me hear about that. That's not the slightest bit intimidating. <laughs> That was um, that was last year. Uh, the the PR company that does the Michelin Red Guide tours reached out to a bunch of reached out to the Whisk and Ladle to curate supper clubs to do the dinner. Um, the thing with the party that they have, and this comes out the night of the the book launch for the new you know Red Guide for New York, um, they can never really use restaurants because um, it would just show a bias. Yeah. So at the Woolworth building, uh, which I guess was neutral territory, and you know I, I guess typically they they usually just just get some sort of catering or something like that, but um, they decided to focus on the local um, people like us that were doing stuff. So there was five of five different groups involved. Ben was one of them. Uh, myself was one of them, um, and uh, we all had different stations. And you had to pick a protein, and you had to pick a specific red guide from where uh, where there was a Michelin guide. So I picked lamb, and I picked Japan. Uh, ben, what did you get? Um. Uh, we picked uh, beef and we picked uh, Spain, and then of course yeah. we pushed the envelope and started bringing in freshwater fish and whatnot too. So, but that, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so that was that was a good time. So we had a big test dinner because we actually weren't in, allowed to invite anyone uh, from yeah. our own uh, list, but we wanted to really uh, pressure test everything just because we didn't want to drop the ball the day <laughs> of the Michelin thing. Yeah, and how did it go ultimately? It was great. It was a great time. Um, I it was the most dense kind of high level chef area that I've ever been in. Just everybody walks in and it's like holy crap! It's like Jean Georges and Massa and Eric Repair and everyone all in like this little square footage. So it was a pretty good night. What? Yeah, there was. It was definitely an incredible, a mind blowing experience. And that was for for me in HDC, sort of our our coming out party. But I mean, the most. Prior to that, the most experimental thing we had done was our Harlem fish fry um, on the corner on 113th Street. But uh, um, it was it was amazing working with all the other dinner clubs who I hadn't connected with yet. And then also, as Casey mentioned, the test dinner, which was the run up to the to the main event. That's where I met Casey, and that was you know I was on cloud nine, and it was really cool to meet him. And I think we connected there, and mm-hmm. and then that's where we sort of formulated our plans to uh, to work together on Slide Luck. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I keep on thinking it'd be amazing to see what these, you know, Michelin-starred chefs would bring to Slide Luck. Yeah. Show. <laughs> That's great. I, I, tr- I invited Marcus Samuelson last night, yeah. so we'll see what he... Whether ne- he- next year. We'll do that. <laughs> We're trying to get a whole bunch of chefs to cook the food they cook for themselves to Slide Luck Pot Show. But like if, if you're around Saturday, uh, starting at 5.30 is the 
beautiful, bountiful Brooklyn tasting hour. Um, side show starts around seven, eight ish. Um, Actually, in- the potluck start the oh, the, tr- potluck. the regular potluck starts at seven, and the slideshow will kick off around nine. Excellent. So if you find yourself in Dumbo, you know New York uh, Photo Festival is going on to St. Anne's Warehouse is House of Slide Luck Pot Show that day. Stop by, bring some food. Uh, you know, come for the food, stay mm-hmm. for the photos. You mm-hmm. will not be disappointed. Casey, Mike, Ben, thank you all for participating today. And uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hope to. Thank uh, you. Uh, have a good one. See some wonderful photos and eat some wonderful food this Saturday. Uh, again, slideluckpotshow.com. Check it out. Uh, big thank you, Jack Insley, our producer. You've been listening to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.com. And to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. And now here's some behind-the-scenes food news with Katie Kiefer. Guess what? Food prices will likely continue to rise given the fact that corn planting is lagging way behind last year. According to Drover's Cattle Network, planting is down 53%, which will undoubtedly put more of a squeeze on livestock farmers, especially pork and chicken farmers, because after all, they're the ones who use more corn than anybody else in terms of livestock production. Here's a quote from the Drover's Cattle Network. 13% of the corn in the top 18 producing states has been planted, according to the USDA's Crop Progress Report, which was released on May 2nd. Although it is a 4% improvement from last week, nationally, the 2011 corn planting is 27% behind the five-year average and 53% behind 2010's progress. And this is no doubt likely to bad weather, drought conditions in various places, and more rain in others. Who knows? But whatever it is, look to see your grocery bills rising over the next few months. This is Katie Kiefer for Behind the Scenes Food News. Did you know we have a beer show? Check out a small clip from Beer Sessions Radio. All right, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43, and I'm here with Ray Dieter from the DBA Bars. Hey, Jim. Ray, this is a fun show. We're drinking Belgian beer. We're drinking Ictagum. Hanging out with the guys from 124 Rabbit Club. We got uh, Don and Wendy from Van Berg and the Wolf. Well, let's go back a little bit to, to kind of build your pedigree. So the two of, the, two of your top brands that we... Love and that you have now, Scaldis and Saison Dupont. Yeah, Tell us uh, how you met those guys, how you started working with them. Well, Saison Dupont was really that. Was if you want to hear more, head over to heritageradionetwork.com where new episodes of Beer Sessions are posted every week in our archive. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. The following is a message from Heritage Foods USA. In the next few weeks, Heritage Foods USA will be offering an interesting variety of amazing products, ranging from top-quality seafood to their famous pork cuts. At the end of May, the Heritage team will go up to Maine to harvest fresh lobster with sustainable lobstermen. These delicious lobster are a perfect way to kick off the summer season. In the pork department, Heritage Foods USA will offer the maple-cured smoked boneless Heritage ham at an unbeatable price. This offer won't last long, so get them while you can. 
Place your order today at heritagefoodsusa.com or call 718-389-0985. That's 718-389-0985 to place your order with Andrea or Ashley. And don't forget to sign up for the email list and to check them on Facebook and Twitter to get in on their new products, deals, and offers from Heritage Foods USA.